0: This is Anish Chohan and this is Equilibrium Security. It's time to tackle your biggest cyber security challenges head on. Each month, our team of industry wizards are going to be in the cyber hot seat to thrash out your burning security issues. So we said on our previous episodes or an introduction to this podcast that we would have some uh, some guest speakers uh, and in this episode this is one of our first guest speakers and we are really happy to be joined by uh, Emma Philpott, Dr. Emma Philpott, who's the CEO of IASMI. um Hello Emma. Hi,
1: hello.
0: Uh, I, I was expecting a slightly more drawn out introduction, but that's fine, Emma. <laughs> do you want to, do you <laughs> want to, <laughs> I didn't, yeah, as you can tell, this is largely unscripted and, uh, you know, we we'll, we will roll with the punches, let's just say. So for those, for those that don't know you or who might have perhaps lived under a rock for the last nine years, they may or may not know who IASMI are. Do you want to give uh kind of listeners, our subscribers, a brief intro into, into into yourself, uh, Emma, and into IASMI?
1: Uh, yeah. So um IASME was started oh a long time ago in about twenty twelve. Um and the basis of of us starting IASME was the fact that at that point there really was only ISO twenty seven thousand um for organizations to become certified to say, We do cybersecurity and for for those of you that know the ISO standards, for the smallest of companies, they're usually pretty unachievable and unaffordable. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a sort of a meeting of academics that thought, wouldn't it be great to have something that was achievable and affordable for small companies? So that's why we started IASMI. And then of course, we got involved with the government's call for evidence to find a, a minimum baseline really for cybersecurity for all organizations got involved with that, and uh, which became Cyber Essentials. Um, and yeah, and then the the rest is history, really. Um, so, so for anyone who doesn't know, Cyber Essentials is a government scheme. And it consists of five basic controls, which all organisations should have in place to meet the minimum um, cybersecurity controls that the government recommend.
0: And those controls, um, I'm going to step back to something you said earlier on, because I think it's really important about the comparison that you make with ISO 27001. But that those controls you talk about, they are, and, and we as a as Equilibrium, as a Cyber Essentials certification body, we, we do come across you know, a whole host of organisations. Some you would think would be in a fantastic position because they're so mature and so advanced and large number of employees and have lots of governance. But it's it's that minimum baseline, isn't it? It's things like password policies, it's patching, it's all the things that cause organizations to suffer breaches and to to be in bad cyber shape, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so actually the reason that the government wanted cyber essentials was because at that time there was a lot of very large organizations in the government supply chain and many of them had ISO 27000 and they were being breached and when they looked into why they were being breached, they weren't doing the basics. So, It was it was a case of the government saying we are going to do the risk assessment and we are going to say what controls you have to have in place. And as I say, you know, it was started because of large organisations that had ISO 27000. So really, it's it's I mean, some people say it's not risk based. It is risk based. But the, the government has done the risk assessment. And these are the controls that they want you to put in place, whatever your risk appetite. Because, of course, that's the big problem when a commercial company does a risk based um, certification scheme, it's based on their risk appetite, which, of course, is based on the finances in the company and everything else. And the government, this is the cyber essentials is really the government saying this is our data. So we're going to do the risk assessment. And out of that, we want you to have these basic controls in place.
0: Yeah, great. And And I guess the the uptake has been would you say it was slow to begin with? So, so it's about nine years ago, to, it started in 2012. The first couple of years, it was, am I right in saying it was largely um, only organ- or targeted initially only at organisations who did supply directly into the government? Is that right?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, still, we get an overwhelming number of organisations that supply directly into government. But yes, to start with, it was just a few contracts that it got in, included in and it was literally just in the hundreds. I remember like a couple of years after the scheme had got going and we did a hundred certifications in a month. And that was like massive celebrations. Whereas now we do more than 2,500 certifications in a month. So it has grown quite a that's, lot. That's really uh, good. I'm
0: not going to do the maths of what the percentage that is, because I'll probably get it wrong. But yeah. that, that's, that's that's really impressive, isn't it? You must be very proud.
1: Well, I mean, we are proud, but of course, one of the reasons that it has grown is because it is being mandated in lots and lots of contracts because the government's making it happen. So we're the you know we're the delivery partner um, on the government scheme, and we want it to grow because we see so many organisations, like you say, so many organisations that don't have these basics in place, organisations of all sizes, um, and by just putting them in place, it makes them so much more secure, um, and. We don't actually really mind if someone gets a certificate or not. I mean, I know that's how we get our money, but we just want organisations to read these basic controls. We want to try and make it so accessible that even if you don't know one end of a computer from another, at least you have the skills and ability to be able to put some of these controls in place and be more resilient to the to the common threats.
0: And and that I think is probably part of the success of it because it's not it's not you're not just sitting there with a with you know wagging your finger saying you need to uh, have all these you need to do all these things. And I remember when we first started to become a cyber central certification body, that I, I remember you saying those exact words. Emma, you remember you saying, just download the question set and just start reading them. That's a start. You know, start looking at the things you need to do, the things you need to consider, even if you haven't, even if you know that you're. A year away, two years away from being able to tick all of the proverbial boxes. Just listening, just reading the, the 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 question set, and going, ah, we need to be thinking about this. That's a start, isn't it? And I think that's from from my perspective, anyway. So you know, we've we, we've I think it's been about seven years since we've been delivering cyber central certifications, but we we have seen a shift change in that time. And I, the way I describe cyber essentials is a stepping stone, sometimes to. ISO 27001 because it is exactly like you say it can be especially for SMEs just too much to take too much to to, to, to go through And actually it's it's not as it's not prescriptive enough in my opinion you know they always I don't know if you've ever heard this but there's always a story around an organization who wants to become ISO 27001 they de-scope most of their organization apart from a filing cabinet and so they they take a filing cabinet they (laughs) apply all the security controls around that i don't know if you heard this story or not and i don't know if it's an old if it might not actually exist but supposedly there's a company who who just put a filing cabinet through iso 2001 and then tell all their suppliers and and third parties that they have an iso certification and it's a lot harder to do that with with cyber essentials isn't it
1: yeah, I mean, we get so uh, about 96% of the certificate, certificates issued are for whole company.
0: Mm. So it's only
1: a very, very small percentage of organisations that can't certify their whole company, you know, and it's sometimes it's because they've got a research department or, you know, they've got pen testing department that can't go through cyber essentials. Um, but yeah, I mean, we find that smaller organisations like the fact that it is very prescriptive. It's, you know, do this and then do this and then do this and then you're actually in a much better position than you were yesterday. And even if you can only do one of them, it's like eating five a day, isn't it? Just you can't eat five <laughs> portions of fruit a day doesn't mean to say you shouldn't eat any. So that's a but good as analogy. You say, <laughs> yeah, but as you say, it's a starting point and it's not enough. You know, you're not a secure organization to just have cyber essentials. But we've found um, so over COVID, we did a project with the government where they gave RCBs money to actually go out and help help healthcare companies to put the controls in place and get cyber essentials. And these were mainly organisations that had absolutely no understanding of security and you know very small healthcare organisations. And we found that um, after a year, the same percentage renewed as we would usually expect. And, you know, and this was this was after yeah. spending a year being certified, but also 50 percent of them went on to do more. So it's almost like you have to make people do that first step, which is cyber essentials. But then afterwards they go, oh, actually, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> and it's actually helped me. So I'm happy to go and do a little bit more. So that's another thing that we think is really, really good. Just showing people that they can do this, it's not too complicated and it doesn't cost lots of money. So yeah, then hopefully they do more.
0: That's great. So on the subject of more, um, there's been some changes hasn't there recently between the the standard uh, over recent years and I think there are some of the changes are kind of step changes and you know there's been sort of three or four different different changes and I think we'll we'll talk about this in more detail in the, in, in another episode um, but do you want to summarise some of the some of the initial changes so and, and why do you think they were made? Yeah from, so yeah
1: I mean for the first uh, five years there weren't any changes Um, it was just cyber essentials as was originally envisaged Mm -hmm. Um, and then um, in 2022 we did like a full big change and a lot of that was driven by people moving to working from home you know during the pandemic Mm -hmm. Um, new threats were seen and new ways of working created you know more vulnerabilities so that was a big change and that was you know quite difficult for many organizations to get their head around we've We've got another change going on, which is published now that anyone can see on our website and will be implemented from the 24th of April. And it's much less of a big change. You know, this is this is, um, yeah, much, much less major changes and more tweaks. And some of those tweaks are because we've had a year of running the scheme with those big changes. And, you know, we're learning all the time. And Mm. some of those big changes actually didn't work, you know, they they no. didn't make sense for some organizations in some sectors, which we only found out about when they were like, ah, this doesn't work.
0: Yeah. So
1: these changes are more about, okay, let's, let's make it so it's achievable for, for organizations in all sectors. And this is why it's so important for people to feed back to us. You know, we have yep. people, we have email addresses, we have people on the phone. And if an organization tries to do cyber essentials, and there's reasons why they can't, you know, or they, they're things that they think are wrong. We need them to feedback because it's only by them doing that that we can make it better and more achievable.
0: Absolutely. And we've done the same things before. You know, we've worked with an organisation. They said, OK, we don't actually have two factor authentication here, but we have this. Is this acceptable? And then you come back and told us yeah, whether it is or not. And I think that's that's something that. That we, as a certification body, definitely encourage our organisations to do, and by working with with IASME, we find it we find it really good. I, I don't think it would be it would be possible to do that with very many other certification organisations. Um, so no, yeah, and we're I mean, we're
1: really lucky because, of course, we have a really close relationship with the government um Hmm. and ncsc and their experts so so they see you know obviously on a national scale and probably international what's going on and they see you know what the vulnerabilities are and what some of the issues are and so with all that knowledge they can then advise us and they work really closely with us to you know update it every every year so i think we're in a really lucky position that we have the access to that amazing knowledge
0: um yeah, the only thing I disagree with you on that is that I don't think it's luck. I think, you know, I think I do, I do, you know, not to, I know you're a very modest person, Emma, <laughs> but uh, I do think you've worked incredibly hard. You've worked incredibly hard and you've built an, a, a, you know, a really, a really fantastic organisation. And we, for one, you know, love working with IASME. With oh, thank
1: you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um okay well it's been an absolute delight to have you it's been a pleasure and um it's our honor to have you as i think might be our first guest speaker actually on our podcast so so you're very welcome yeah (laughs) Well, well
1: thank you very much it's 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 great and it's you know the thing that we enjoy most is working with the small expert cbs um like yourselves because it's you know it's enthusiasm the knowledge and just the understanding of the end customers is second to none. And it's it's fun. So thank you.
0: Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks again, Emma. Thank you for listening. Each episode, we're going to have industry experts sitting in our cyber hot seat thrashing out your burning security issues. We'll have guest speakers, and we'll get you the inside scoop from the cybersecurity front line. So please do subscribe. See you next time.